Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and all major podcast providers. So if you can't catch the show live, you can download it or simply use our free podcast player, which is available on our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to connect with us, please post your question on our wall on Facebook or send me a tweet at June Stoyer on Twitter. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by Austria's Finest Naturally, authentic pumpkin seeds and pumpkin seed oil from the Steiermark, available at organicuniverse.com. Listeners of the Organic View can receive $1 off their purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. Also, don't forget to check out our contest section on our website to submit your information for our free monthly giveaways. For more information, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com forward slash contests. At St. Francis Xavier Church in Cairns, Salt Lake City, Utah, there's been a great deal of discussion about how the Holy Eucharist bled for three days after it was placed in water following communion. The Catholic Diocese of Salt Lake City is in the process of investigating the event. This is actually not the first instance in which this has happened. On today's show, Tony Belizzi will be my guest today to talk about his research on the Eucharistic miracles. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Tony Belizzi. Good afternoon, Tony, and welcome to the show. Well, thanks. Tony, can you tell our audience about yourself as well as your work? Well, I am a practicing Roman Catholic. I've been evangelizing for 43 years uh, through youth ministry, through prison ministry, through retreat work. I work mostly in the New York area, but I've done a lot of work uh, throughout the country and actually in other countries around the world. Uh, My goal, my mission is to awaken people to deeper faith, and I do that in a variety of ways, including the presentation that you're talking about, the Eucharistic Miracles. I'm also the uh, founder and director of Hope for the Children Foundation. It's an organization I started to empower people to change their lives with themselves out of poverty around the world at the grassroots level. We have projects going in poor areas of the United States and in many different uh, countries throughout the world. So years ago, I was trained to uh, work with uh, street youth and lift uh, kids out of a life of violence and gangs and I've shared that knowledge uh, by working with kids in jail. I go every week to work with kids who are in jail and uh, give them a chance at uh, gaining some knowledge and working through a process to uh, make a better life for themselves. It's probably one of my favorite things that I do among all the different things I do. Especially in this day and age, Tony, your work could not be more timely. What made you decide to research the Eucharistic Miracles? Well, I've always been interested in supernatural phenomena, and I've uh, recently put a presentation together about the apparitions of the Virgin Mary, which I believe is the most amazing collection of supernatural phenomena uh, in the world by far. And um, at one of my presentations, someone came up to me and said, you know, you, you present really well, and uh, you really should do something about the, uh, about the Eucharistic miracles. And uh, sad to say, I was very ignorant about it at the time, but I immersed myself in in research on it, and that's what led me to do the presentation. Recently, Father Charles Mangano, who is the pastor of Curia Vara's parish in Merrick, mentioned 
a miracle that took place in Buenos Aires. Could you share with our listeners the story? Well, sure. It was a case of there was a a, a host, a, a consecrated host, Holy Communion, that had dropped to the ground. And their standard procedure is when that happens, they will take the uh, host. They can't throw it away because it, it is not just bread anymore. It's the body of Christ. They will take it and place it in water for it to dissolve. As you know, bread would definitely dissolve in water. And what happened is in the case of these two hosts that had dropped to the ground that they were trying to dissolve, the hosts, instead of dissolving, they were intact and uh, blood appeared on the host's thing. In one case, it seemed to be coagulating into something else. It was brought to the attention of the Archbishop of Buenos Aires in Argentina, who handled it very thoroughly, wanted it photographed and investigated and had scientists examine it. It was brought to labs. And what was found in the investigations is that the, the blood, that it was literally blood that had appeared on the host or in the host, and that the uh, flesh that it seemed to be turning into, uh, that the flesh was actually uh, human flesh. The scientists brought a, a sample of this to labs in the United States. He brought it to uh, labs in New York and brought it to labs in, in California and uh, had it investigated, just to you tell us what this is. And it was reported that it was uh, human blood, and it was reported that it was uh, human flesh. It was the flesh of the, of the human heart the left ventricle of the human heart. And, and they, they wanted to know, uh, they actually gave that scientist that was commissioned to do this work, they gave him at the labs in the United States a very hard time. They wanted to know how possibly he could have brought the flesh of a living person, a piece of their heart, to them uh, so much later, and it was still alive. The scientists did the investigating in New York, a very famous uh, doctor, Dr. Zugibe, who was not a believer, uh, but he was the one that did the work and it actually led to a major conversion in him. He later did extensive work on the Shroud of Turin that just motivated him to, you know, to really want to investigate. The thing that's interesting connected to the Shroud of Turin is that the blood uh, that was on this host, the blood... Is AB positive. The blood on the Shroud of Turin is also AB positive. And whenever these Eucharistic miracles have been investigated, they also have uh, been proven to be the same blood type, AB positive. AB positive is a rare blood type. It's a universal recipient. And uh, it usually, when it does appear, it appears usually in people from the Middle East. So this doctor, this scientist from Buenos Aires, who was doing this investigating, he went back and checked the original reports done in the lab in Buenos Aires, and uh, they had noted there, the technicians in that lab noted that the blood sample was still alive, that the cells were moving and beating, which is inexplainable. And also this uh, scientist heard about the probably the first documented uh, and, and most thoroughly investigated Eucharistic miracle back in uh, the 700s in Italy, Lanciano. And so he brought his sample to meet up with that scientist and doctor who had investigated that Eucharistic miracle back in the 1970s, and uh, they discovered that it was the piece of the same heart. 
So the most, one of the most recent Eucharistic miracles, the one in Buenos Aires, and probably the first one documented, is uh, the same person, the same heart, which is unbelievable. There are videos available on uh, YouTube, uh, both with the scientist that was commissioned to do the work in Buenos Aires, who, by the way, the person that did the commissioning of him to do that work later went on to become Pope Francis, same person. So he personally looked into and knew about this Eucharistic miracle in Argentina when he was there. And there, so there are videos uh, with that scientist and also about the, uh, the miracle in Lanciano as well, the one in Italy. That was from back in 700 so. Now, Tony, you wrote a book called Living Bread, and you also do a lecture on this very topic. How many other miracles were documented, and how far back do these miracles go? Well, there are 137 documented miracles. Uh, there is a book out there, and I'm, I'm not really able to remember its name, but it documents every single one of them. There's actually a floating presentation that they've gone to there's at various churches where they have like a poster for each of these miracles. They date back to the year 700, one of the earliest, and go all the way into the modern era that have been investigated as recently as uh, Poland in uh, 2008. And of course, there is the one in Salt Lake City, which I don't incorporate into my presentation yet because the investigations are current. I don't like to put anything in my book or anything in my presentations that hasn't been thoroughly investigated. So some of the ones that you've mentioned were actually scientifically investigated and found to be sound. Yes. What happened is, of course, the science at the time of many of these, uh, these miracles, which was, you know, in, in Europe uh, and in the Catholic world at the time, you know, go way, way back before science did not have, of course, anything near the means to investigate that they do now. So they've been, you know, investigated much later and found to be uh, authentic. Wherever the miracles, it's, it's very astounding. It's, it's, it's beyond the possibility of coincidence that the uh, blood uh, would be always the same blood type because AB positive is so rare but it is consistent. There's an additional phenomena of whenever there are statues of the Virgin Mary that are inexplicably uh, crying tears, of course, whenever they're crying clear tears, you know, statues that are made out of wood or ceramic or whatever that are emitting tears out of the eyes, uh, whenever they have been investigated, they're human tears, and whenever they are crying tears of blood, they've been proven to be human blood, and the blood type in those tears is also all, always AB positive. Up until the time that Father Mangano mentioned this, I'd never heard of this before, and I know a number of other practicing Catholics also have not heard about this. Why hasn't this been discussed in more churches? I think there's a number of reasons for it. There are some priests who are very committed priests, but they only they're not interested in phenomena like the apparitions or like the Eucharistic miracles. They um, they, they like to focus on the scriptures, uh, public revelation, and um, and the sacraments and the scriptures rather than what they would label uh, private revelations. Remember, you know the the Eucharist Catholics believe is the ultimate miracle and doesn't need any verification or proof. Uh, these things are being given kind of as a gift from God to help people 
in their faith, but they're not the, the reason we should now believe uh, in the validity of what we believe the Eucharist is. So I think some priests are resistant to that. Some people are afraid that, you know, these are folklore or legends and maybe the documentation isn't, you know, uh, what they would like it to be. And maybe they're afraid of going along with something that may be eventually proven to be a, a hoax. I think it's a lot of fear. A lot of people are just really, you know, they say that only 30% of Catholics believe that it truly is the body and blood of Christ, and that could be people very highly placed within the institution, people that don't want to be labeled, you know, that, that want to be scientifically sound, I think, or afraid that this will make them, you know, uh, accused of being superstitious or falling to legend as opposed to factual documentation. I think a lot of fear is the reason for it. What do you think the message from these miracles is? The message is is that what Catholics believe, which is that reality is not limited to what be, can be perceived by the senses, is, 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 a, is confirmed in these miracles. That reality is beyond uh, what we can hear and see. And what Catholics believe is that that piece of bread and that that chalice of wine have been transformed on a deeper level, um, transubstantiation, and it become literally something that maintains the appearance of bread and wine, but is in, a, in reality something else. So these miracles confirm that what we believe in faith that that process has occurred is indeed reality. Thank you. Tony, it has been a pleasure having you on the show today. Could you share with our listeners how they can learn more about you as well as buy a copy of one of your books? Well, all my books, including Living Bread, which is the summary of the Eucharistic miracles. My gift in life is just to keep things simple. I always want to make sure that young people can understand what I'm writing about. So the, my book on the Eucharistic miracles is called Living Bread. At Amazon.com, all of my books are uh, available there. Some of my books are available as e-books also through Amazon. The Living Bread, what I did, which is different from any other documentation, uh, any other books or DVDs on this subject, what I've done is placed the miracles in the, uh, by the different categories of what's been revealed to them, as opposed to alphabetically or chronologically or geographically, which is the way other resources have done this. So it's a, it's a very concise uh, record of the Eucharistic miracles, and people can you know, find where I'm presenting this presentation uh, or book me to do presentations through my website, hopefortheschildren.org, and click on Retreats and click on World Tour, and it lists all my events, uh, wherever they might be, and it has my contact information there. So they can ask questions or get more information or, or book me to, uh, to, to, to speak in any place, which I'm certainly willing to do. I think this is a significant phenomenon that deserves to be told way more frequently than it is. And my presentations are very, you know, alive and very interesting and conveyed with a lot of energy and uh, people tend to really enjoy them very much. I'm sure they do. I attended your lecture recently, and I thought it was phenomenal. And I also admire the fact that your foundation does so much, especially to work with children. Your foundation is a nonprofit organization, so folks, 
if you'd like to purchase his books, this is something that you can do that would directly support his efforts. And, you know, Tony doesn't get paid for this. He's doing this because it's something that he's passionate about and something that he firmly believes in. Tony, once again, thank you for being on the show today, and I certainly hope that you'll come back at a future point. I would love that. Thanks for having me. Folks, please check out the companion article, which will be available on theorganicview.com, which will list Tony's website as well as the titles for his books. And by all means, please investigate this for yourself. Check out the information that's out there. Once again, this is amazing, and it's been scientifically proven. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon, folks.